Welcome to Narrow Way to Broadway, a podcast for people of faith with a passion for the arts. Each episode is designed for the thespian and non-thespian and the believer and non-believer alike as we navigate topics affecting the hearts, minds, and homes of artists everywhere. If you'd like to hear more, head to nwaybway.com. What is up, Narrow Way to Broadway? This is Emma, and we are here for not our final, but one of our final episodes of our Summer Discipline series. And we are here to talk about the discipline of worship, the discipline of celebration. Um, This one is for those of you who are a little thrown off by the word discipline as it relates to life with God. Obviously, the Christian life is marked by discipline, but sometimes I think we miss out on half of the chief end of man, which is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Um, And I'll start with this. So Harvey Cox, uh, who was a theologian and um, a professor at Harvard Divinity School, said that modern man has been pressed so hard toward useful work and rational calculation that he has all but forgotten the joy of ecstatic celebration which I think is so good. Um, And I found that in my own life. So what do we want out of this time together? So I hope that we can expand our knowledge of what worship and celebration are, um, that we can know, especially for a lot of us who are, you know, performers, singers, that it is more than music. Um, I think about that song like, I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you had in mind or isn't that what you had in store? I don't know. But Heart of Worship is a song. It's a it's a 90s banger. So go listen to it. Um, so what do we want out of this time together? Expand our knowledge of what it is. Know that it is more than music. Know that worship cannot be cal- or cannot be quantified as good or bad worship. I think this is what happens a lot of the time. A lot of the time where worship has been reduced to just music and it's also been reduced to like the commercialization um of like recording studios um so i want us to leave knowing that good worship is not good singing good worship is anywhere people are actually worshiping um is anywhere where people's hearts are bent towards celebrating god um and i also want us to walk away knowing that worship is marked by a few things worship is marked by humility Worship is marked by gratitude, and worship is marked by offering and sacrifice. So let's start. Um, So we're actually going to start in Genesis 22, um, and we're going to kind of talk about this thing of the law of first mention. So the law of first mention is sort of a biblical tool that we can use and essentially states that the first time a term or a theme is mentioned in the scriptures is a good place for us to look as motivation and inspiration for the rest of the time that it's mentioned in scripture. So worship is first mentioned in Genesis 22. And this is where Abraham is tested, um, where he's actually asked to sacrifice his son, Isaac. And then when God stops him, when the Holy Spirit stops him and says, Abraham, Abraham, you don't need to do this. Now I know that you fear God and that your descendants will be many because you were willing to sacrifice your firstborn son, your only son, um, which obviously is a motif for the rest of scripture for Jesus and the father God. Um, So it's mentioned in this Genesis 22. 
portion where Abraham is tested, as the law is first mentioned. Um, and then we can even pop over to Matthew 2, which, uh, which is a totally different sentiment. It's very interesting. So this is actually talking about the birth of Jesus. So we're in the New Testament. We're hearing about the birth of Jesus. And this is how celebration is discussed there. Um, it says, after listening to the king, they went on their way. So it's talking about the wise men. And it says, behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child, Mary and his mother, and they got or and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. So again, we want to know that celebration and worship are marked by humility, gratitude, and offering slash sacrifice. Um, I also came across this really cool article in Thomas Nelson Bibles, and it was written by this woman that I love named Sharon Hode Miller. She wrote a book called Free of Me. She's written a lot of books. She's a PhD. And she says that we can actually see this theme of celebration, this theme of worship weaved throughout the entirety of scripture. So really even from the very beginning, when God saw that he had made and said that it was good and that he rested, that was a form of worship and sacrifice, God worshiping himself. Um, and then the second, she says that Jesus even started his earthly ministry with a miracle of celebration at the wedding in Cana, that he saw it fit to begin his earthly ministry, begin his ministry of miracles at a celebration for a celebration, and that he also saw it fit to end his ministry this way um, with a meal, celebrating with his disciples, with wine and food um, and washing their feet. And then we actually wrap up the entirety of scripture with a celebration. We know in Revelation 19 that we see or we are going to see the wedding celebration of the Lamb, and that's how we will get to join Jesus. So I've been doing a lot of reflecting on this, um, and I've had a lot of conversations with friends and even my husband about like right now in our current sort of day and age, we have a very high premium on authenticity, which I think is good. But I think sometimes what it means is that we think that in order to show up authentically, we have to show up with the with like the negative realities of the world, which are realities on our shoulders and on our backs. So I've been thinking that like authentic, but then the scriptures tell us that authentic, you know, carelessness, gaiety, and this roll off your back attitude toward the world is what we get to be free in, in Christ. Um, and this feels really incorrect to us, um, but that's why it's called the discipline of celebration. Um, it's a choice to put gratitude at the center of what we believe about Jesus and the work he committed for us. It's a choice to celebrate, to celebrate despite the realities of the world. It's a choice to cast our cares on him. It's a choice to forgo anxiety. Um, and this is sort of the best way I can put it into context. So Picture it's your best friend's birthday party. You helped plan it. You're so excited that you get to participate. This person has been in your life for a while, but you had like a horrible day at work. Um, the celebration of that friend does not negate the realities that made your day tough. But what made your day tough also doesn't negate the reality that your friend's life is worth celebrating. So in this scenario, what do you do? you show up joyfully. You celebrate what deserves to be celebrated. And this isn't inauthentic. It is just humble, filled with gratitude, 
and demonstrates a willingness to sacrifice your own realities and emotions for the moment in order to acknowledge the other realities that you love your friend and you're excited to celebrate them. So let me say that part one more time. The celebration of that friend, so their party, doesn't negate the realities that made your day tough. But what made your day tough doesn't negate the reality that your friend's life is worth celebrating. So we should apply this to our own life that, yes, there are, there are burdens. There are, there are things that we are, promise, we are promised suffering. But we, are also, we also know that there's already work that's been done in Christ. So um, you can address the other realities in prayer and solitude. But this is why we get to, but for celebration, we get to show up joyfully, marked by humility, gratitude, and sacrifice. Um, so you can probably see why this takes discipline. So here is my challenge for you uh, for this week. Number one, thank God out loud throughout your day, even for the smallest things. Celebrate these small things. You know, whether that's a parking spot or a callback or a day with a friend, incorporate gratitude in small ways throughout your daily life. Kind of like this Harvey Cox quote, we want to fight against the fact that life is so calculated and rational that we have nothing to celebrate. That's just not true. Um, and I think that that's something that the enemy wants to convince us, that we can't thank God for these smaller things that he's done for us. So thank God for the small things. Um, number two, or yeah, number two, forget about yourself during your Sunday worship service. So when we return to worship, as we sort of think about it in today's age, we think about singing the first part of a worship service. I, I challenge you to to really forget about yourself, um, to sing the words. And if you're a singer, don't think about technique. Don't think about how you sound. Don't think about trying to find the right harmony. Really think about the weight of the words that you're singing. And if you're so sometimes what I have to do because, you know, because I'm a singer and sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, like I love this song or I love singing the song or I love the way this song sounds. I will have to stop singing. Um, and if you're like me and you have a tendency towards self-centeredness, just don't sing. If you're like me, stand and worship God without words and listen to everyone else around you singing and reckon with the reality that this is what heaven will be like one day. And that's such a gift. Um, and then the third thing, which is a little bit heavier of a lift. And so if you can't get it done this week, commit to getting it on the calendar by the end of this week. Um, and that is to celebrate what God has done in your own life and in the life of someone else through a meal um, together. So get a group of friends together and, and allow this meal to be set apart for a specific, a specific purpose, which is to testify and celebrate and worship. Um, maybe you can even do a meal right before you practice the Sabbath. Um, and if you need to listen about Sabbath and how to practice that, you can listen to our first um, Summer Disciplines podcast. So those, those are the three things. Thank God out loud. <clears throat> celebrate God out loud for even the smallest things. Forget about yourself in Sunday service. Sacrifice your own pride in Sunday service. And then have a meal and testify to what God has done. Um, so friends, don't buy into the lie that the world is so bad that there's nothing to celebrate. We have a God who died for us, for our sins, so that we could be with him in heaven. We could be with him for eternity. And if you feel like there is nothing else in the world that can be celebrated, that can be celebrated. Um, there, There is 
life worth celebrating. This is true. And we have purpose and we have hope. So I'll leave you with this benediction, which is just a short quote from St. Augustine of Hippo. The Christian should be a hallelujah from head to foot. May it be so for us, Jesus. Amen. Amen.